Leaders come in all different shapes and sizes and with many different styles. There is not a one-size-fits-all solution to leadership. Our goal is to connect with leaders who are in the trenches each day, leading themselves and others, to learn about their unique leadership styles, and to provide our listeners with inspiration to lead. Welcome to the Lead with Empower podcast with Empower Leadership President Dan Jascott. Our guest today is Mr. Mike Cunningham. Mike is a teacher and coach at Xavier High School in Middletown, Connecticut, uh, recently coming off of a state championship and state open championship wrestling team. Um, So big congratulations to you, Mike. Um, Really excited to have you on today. You're someone that I've spent a lot of conversations with talking leadership. And uh, why don't we start off by having you give a little information about yourself to our listeners. Uh, Thanks, Dan. Uh, It's great to be on. Um, It's a pleasure to have. I'm glad glad that uh, you invited me to do this. Um, Yes, like you said, I've been uh, teaching at Xavier High School since 1998. Um, uh, I previously coached at Rocky Hill while I was when I first started at Xavier. And then in 2002, I took over the Xavier High School uh, wrestling program. Um, so I think, I don't even know where at like 18 seasons or 19 seasons right now. Um, yeah, time flies. (laughs) So, um, I have coached, I mean, I've been, I've been the head lacrosse coach. I've been the head soccer coach for several years. And, um, now I'm just doing on the side as a side gig, a little, uh, assistant soccer and JV golf. So, um, I definitely love, uh, the profession of coaching and teaching. So, um, I'm glad to hopefully I can share. Don't know how much I know, but hopefully I can share something here. Yeah, I'm sure you can, Mike, without a doubt. Don't sell yourself short. Um, it's interesting too. And, uh, you know, being a former athlete and someone who loves, uh, you know, watching sports at all levels, um, and we'll, we'll get into this a little bit later, but, um, soccer, lacrosse, wrestling, golf, very different sports. And, and I'll be interested to hear uh, a little bit later on kind of how you maybe make the transition, especially the one that I think is the most, the most comical is going from a, being a wrestling coach to a, to a golf coach. And, and <laughs> we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later on for yeah. sure. Um, what are the, some of the things outside of teaching and coaching, what are some of the things that you're interested in? Um, any hobbies that you might have? What do you do on, and in the limited downtime that you have when you're not coaching? Um, I mean, I, I spend, I have two boys, one's 25 now and one's 23. They don't live at home. They're, they're in Baltimore and Philadelphia. Um, um, we try to get out, my wife and I try to get out and see them. Uh, I play golf, um, you know, when the weather is right. Uh, I do like working on my house, woodwork and, and, uh, working on mechanical things as, as a hobby. Um, but that's like you said, I don't have my downtime is just, uh, you know, I'd go on long walks and go on vacation and to the beach and that's about it. Nice. Awesome. Awesome. You mentioned your two sons, which I've got, had the pleasure of, of meeting them a handful of times over the years. Um, what are they doing with their lives right now? Uh, both Xavier graduates, correct? Yes. One in, uh, my son, Tyler graduated Xavier in 2012. Um, I know that makes you feel a little old, Dan. <laughs> Definitely does. <laughs> and, uh, Colin graduated in 2014. Um, Tyler uh, graduated from Gettysburg College, and he's working in Baltimore for T. Rowe Price Financial. Um, 
stuff. And then Colin graduated from Muhlenberg College, which most people don't know where that is. It's in <laughs> Allentown, Pennsylvania. And um, he's currently, he goes to the University of Pennsylvania to, uh, for computers. So he's going to try to go into the computer world. Nice. And you sound like uh, the general manager of the, the New York Giants right now, uh, the, the computer guys. He's going into computers, Mike. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. We're, both da- yeah. we're both dating ourselves a little bit right here, which is, <laughs> which is just fine. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, you know, obviously, uh, the, the COVID-19 pandemic has uh, caused uh, a little bit of a change to our normal operations. Uh, what are you doing right now, um, now that you're out of school, this, you know, no... You know, winter sports didn't get to finish up. Spring sports is, is up in the air. Um, what are you doing with your time now, uh, uh, now that the, the normal routine of Mike Cunningham has been interrupted? Well, I'm a morning person, so from about 5 o'clock in the morning till about um, 8.30 or 9 o'clock, I do work for school. You know, the kids are still learning online. Yep. So um, I'm doing work there. And, and then I'm uh, doing a little work around the house and trying to get in shape again after the season (laughs) because I spend more time worrying about other kids than I am about myself. So I'm trying to get back in the, in the swing of, uh, getting in shape. And then, um, you know, we're just hoping, uh, I I feel bad for the winter sports that couldn't finish it out. I mean, we were lucky and the very last weekend that we could compete was, uh, our New England's. So we got everything under, you know, we had other teams at Xavier that had a possibility to make a run at a title too. So, uh, I mean, my heart goes out to them. I can't imagine what that feels like. No, absolutely. And it's, it's tough because from the outside looking in, you know, you have to think that, you know, and as we see in the news every day, how the, this, this thing is spreading and spreading and spreading. So you, you have to understand that the, it was probably the right decision to make, to make the call, the cancel the season, but it, it's just heartbreaking for those kids, especially those seniors who, may not move on to play another competitive sport, you know, uh, in, in life. So, yeah. Um, Yeah. And I feel for the, the college kids too, this weekend, I was supposed to be at the NCAAs in Minnesota. So yeah. um, Yeah. They feel bad for the college guys that don't, you know, they're for wrestlers. There is no, there's MMA and that's and coaching. That's about it. So, you know, that's terrible. What's um, you know, obviously you mentioned that your, your team, the Xavier high school wrestling team was able to, get to the finish line of the season. If you had to put yourself in the shoes of one of those coaches, whether it was at the high school level or the college level who had their season just abruptly end, how would you have handled that with your athletes, Mike? Oh man, that's, that's a great question. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, uh, it kind of, it, I don't know. I'd be sad. I mean, there would be tears shed because, you know, it's just uh, even thinking about it, talking to you emotionally, it would be, you know, because I had the more senior, I had more seniors than I've ever had. I think I had about nine. Okay. Um, so, I mean, normally we average somewhere between five and seven seniors, but um, on a team, but these guys, you know, they, they paid the price and to tell them that it's over would be, I don't even, I can't even I I don't even uh, like what that feels like. It's yeah. just be terrible. I mean, just for them, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I couldn't imagine it. And, and the the time and the investment that a coach puts in, obviously, is is you know you can't yeah. quantify it. But then you know you look at these seventeen, eighteen year old kids who 
like you said, might, you know, if they wrestle at the college level for most of them, that's going to be the end of the line. Um, yeah. You know, unless they get into coaching, which I'm sure you've inspired a couple of those along the way, Mike. Maybe. <laughs> um, but I have, you know, it, it's the other thing is, I mean, it is, if you were going to pull a lesson out of it, I mean, things don't always go our way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would mm -hmm. be like the kid that works for four years and gets hurt, you know, yeah. right before the, you know what I mean? So yeah. it's, it's sort of like, uh, you know, that's, it, it totally even says that, you know, take every day, like you don't know what's going to happen. Work hard every day, see what happens, you know? Absolutely. And again, I think that's something that'll come up as we get into, you know, some more structured, uh, you know, conversation about leadership. Um, as we, as we start to make the transition, uh, one of the things I, I, I never wrestled in my life and you started at Xavier, I think the year after I graduated. So I never um, had you as a teacher, coach, leader. Um, but, you know, from afar, one of the things I've admired about you um, in, in our conversations and, and seeing you in action is that you tend to, I feel like you tend to take the opportunity of coaching a sport. We'll, we'll use wrestling as an example. Um, you know, obviously you, you, you push your athletes and you train your athletes to learn as much about wrestling as possible to be as successful in wrestling as they possibly can, maximizing their potential. Um, but I've always felt like you view your role as a coach as bigger than teaching them just wrestling. Um, can you talk about that a little bit, Mike? Yeah. I mean, it's um, the thing that, I mean, the main goal for, for me and the pro not for me, but mostly for our program um, is I don't like generally, I mean, we could be jumping ahead here, but generally, you know, like I was thinking about this before practice and after practice, I never, like normally before practice, I talk for about five or 10 minutes to get them focused and, 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 you know, getting on, on task. And then at the end, I talk about maybe what we need to work on. And we, if we work, you know, what's coming ahead and all that, but generally it's my talks before and after I say 95% of the time have zero to do with wrestling yep. technique or anything. It has to do with like, you know, getting like the, I mean, we're jumping ahead, but just being there on, getting there on time, being a good student, being, a, you know, not being a pain in class, like follow the rules. You know what I mean? So qualities and values that they're going to use it. I honestly would be surprised if many of the guys that have wrestled for me for a long period of time ever miss work or um, if they have the sniffles or are going to be late. I yep. mean, if those two values and you know, cause you, you, you run a business, if you can get a guy to be on time and go to work all the time, that's, he's going to do pretty darn good for himself. You know, absolutely. That's a win. That's a win. A hundred percent. And, uh, and like I said, I, I, I've always admired that about you because I feel like what you're, what you're teaching your athletes and what you're coaching your athletes are skills that will stay with them far beyond their four years of, of being on the mat. And that, uh, that to me is a, a tremendous sign of a great leader. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I hope that, you know, and I, and they come back a lot of them, they're doing being successful and they just like, and they always say like the one thing that like, they can't believe how many people just can't do those two simple things. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Be on Absolutely. time and work hard. <laughs> so It's amazing. The skills that require pretty much no, you don't have to be intelligent. You don't no, have you to don't. be a great athlete. 
you just you just have to do it. Yeah. You have to give a shit enough to do it. Yeah. Um, so we're gonna get rolling, Mike, and 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 great start and uh excited about how this is rolling so far. Um, you know, obviously we touched on the fact that you're a high school coach. Um tell the listeners a little bit about you know, those that you lead in general, um, what are some of the things that you see in today's athlete that you would consider strengths? What are, what are some of the things that you see in today's athletes that you might consider, you know, weaknesses that they have to improve upon? Just in general, a, a little bit of information about the athletes that you currently lead. Um, I mean, I, I, one of the things I don't buy into is I don't buy into the like, kids are different than they used to be. 25 years ago. I mean, when yeah. I first started coaching in 95 or 96 or whatever, um, I mean, kids are kids. Mm-hmm. So I tend to shy away from that, that kids are different than they used to be. Um, technology changed, parents changed, you know what I mean? So yeah. the, dude, this coaching changed tremendously. Um, but um, in today's athlete, I just think there's more, um, with all the input socially, like social media and from the outside and everything's at your fingertips, um, for today's athlete, just keeping them, my, a lot of things have changed. Like I never had to worry about phones and, and all that, but I try to keep them, you have to refocus them every single day, like today's athlete. Yep. Like, um, cause like one of the rules we have is we don't allow phones in, in our practice we don't allow phones uh, when we have a wrestling tournament all day on a Saturday. Kids are not allowed to go on their phones. Nice. Um, if their parents want to call me, they, if they want to talk to them, they can call me. Yeah. Because it just keeps – that's the focus factor, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, based on, you know, athletes from the past, that's the difference. And, um, and you tend to be, you know – I don't know if it's any different or I've changed because I've had two kids go through, but <laughs> just uh, responsibility and accountability are two of the things that I, I try. You know what I mean? Yep. That today's athlete, like in wrestling, it's easy to be because you got to look in the mirror yep. and there's nobody to blame. But in other sports, you have to hold them accountable to, to what they're doing, you know? Absolutely. In the, in, in wrestling, you're on the mat by yourself. Um, you take a sport like, you know, football or basketball, there's, you know, four or 10 other guys counting on you on the field at a given time. So, um, you know, I think it gets into that dynamic of being, you know, self accountable versus the combination of holding yourself accountable while being accountable to teammates as well, which is, you know, tough challenge to break away from the me and I mentality. Oh yeah. That's the, the, you know, the generation of, you know, it's all about me and what have you done for me lately, right? So. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you touched on, you know, some of those barriers and challenges that you uh, you face in teaching and coaching leadership. And I'll, I'll back it up a little bit, and this, this, you know, might be a little bit of a tough question, but if you had to describe, you know, Mike Cunningham's leadership style, Mike Cunningham's strengths as a leader, Mike Cunningham's weaknesses or challenges as a leader, what would those be? Um, I mean, you can use the, the big terms like transformational, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and transactional, those are the big, the, the key words these days when you read a lot of leadership, um, books, which, which you and I probably have, but, um, I, I'm what I like transformational meaning. Like I, I generally, I generally try to like, what are my, my strengths are I, I, when I, 
like we talked about earlier is I try to, I try to give, like if you're eating dinner and I throw, I just put everything on the plate, like setting goals, working hard, teamwork, you know, being on time, uh, you know, being a good student, being a good teammate, loving your teammates, you know what I mean? Like stuff yeah. like that. And then they got to process that and then go out and perform and, and, and if they fail, that's okay. You know what I mean? I, they learn more from failing than they do from succeeding, but, Absolutely. um, and then they kind of process that like in their life and they, in every situation I try every situation I point out like, Hey, you know, cause you did this, this happened because you didn't do this, this happened. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so they understand that there's, you know, there's a reason why, I mean, if they lose in a big match, it isn't just that they, maybe they weren't good enough or maybe they, but if they were supposed to win, it didn't happen because three weeks ago you started not showing up on time or you weren't focused on your nutrition. You know what I mean? So um, that's what I think my strength strengths are for for coaching kids um but my weakness uh funny thing is i was just talking <laughs> to my wife about this the other day um because she just asked me that just out of the blue because we were talking about interviewing people all right so your wife is throwing heaters at you that's good yeah i know <laughs> and she says what's your weakness and i said well my weakness is i i don't delegate as a leader yeah i tend not to delegate uh I tend not to delegate as much. I'm getting better over the past 25 years, but I tend to have the mentality sometimes like it's not getting done unless I do it myself. Yeah. Um, which I got to have trust. No, not in, not necessarily my athletes, but my assistant coaches too. You know, like sometimes I do too much. So, um, you know, delegating uh, authority and delegating tasks uh, or something, I definitely need to work, you know, work better on hopefully by the time I retire <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I I, uh, I feel like uh, I would share that weakness with you um, it's you know I, th I think it's like anything else when we give up when we when we give up a little bit of control in situations it's challenging it's scary it's yeah, it's it scary we don't we're not dictating exactly what's going to happen how it's going to happen which is a great uh I think for all of us in any walk of life and no matter where you are in your life, you know, the more we do that, the more we, you know, get a little bit comfortable with, you know, with doing it. And, uh, you know, we, and we develop that skill, but it, it is, that is hands down one of the most big, you know, the most difficult challenges I face as a leader as well. So and definitely I think that, understand. <laughs> yeah. And I think that it's not necessarily that we don't want to do it. I just think that we have a standard and, and I just don't feel, like they can meet the standard, but they, they probably could, you know what I mean? So I just need more trust. Yep. That's all. yep. Absolutely. And so trust, great, great word. And it's one of those words that's thrown around in leadership. It's thrown around in every, um, you know, every team building event, you know, that yeah. I've ever run. Yeah. What's, um, how do you as a coach develop trust uh, between athletes, between athlete and coach, between the, uh, the members of your coaching staff, what are things that you do and you preach in, in the development of trust as a leader, Mike? I think, you know, that's, that's a great question. I mean, um, I just, I know, I just think it comes through caring, empathy, and just, uh, you know, just an overall, I mean, if the kids, 
it trickles down because yep. you know how much I care about them, how much I care about the program, how much I care about teaching and coaching and, um, and, and by talking to them and the, and the kids, like there's, I could give you a perfect example. Like I don't, I could, I leave my office open all day. Yeah. Um, and I, I leave my wallet on the desk. There's money out. I mean, it doesn't matter how much I have food in there. So the kids that need a snack, they could eat, you know yep. what I mean? Yeah. They could sit there, they could watch TV. And I do that for the entire year. All, all my kids can walk in and out the wrestlers whenever they want. And so the other day somebody said, well, you just let your guys go in there and like you leave your money out. And I, it was some random kid. And I said, yeah, what, what's wrong with that? So that's a good question as to there isn't anything like, you know what, like if you can't trust your, your athletes and they can't trust me, then I, I don't think we have, you can't be successful. Absolutely. Cannot lead, cannot lead effectively, cannot coach effectively if there's breakdowns in trust, 100%. And how um, do you build that? I just think you build that because you, they want, people want to be held accountable. People want to be, they want to know, they want to be acknowledged for doing good things. They want to be disciplined. You know what I mean? So yep. if they know that, you know, if they know that I'm going to get there at five o'clock in the morning and and if they, you know what I'm saying? Like if, if a kid needed to make weight at, at four o'clock in the morning, I'm going to drive, drive there. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. it's and kind I, of crazy, but that's how trust builds right there. Absolutely. But it, 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 this, you know, it's, it's a complex answer, but you, you know, to simplify it, it, it builds from the experiences that two people have. Uh, Stephen Covey, uh, you know, leadership expert talks about the emotional trust bank account. And how, you know, an action in a relationship is either going to deposit and build trust or it's going to withdraw and pull from trust. And, um, you know, you're, you're authentic with your athletes and um, that authentic authenticity shows and it shines and the kids know it's not, it's not bull crap. They, they know that whatever they're hearing from coach Cunningham is, is the truth. It's upfront. It's honest. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, again, that's some, something uh, I, I feel you do very well um, across the board. And, it, and it, it shows in two ways. It shows you've had successful teams at Xavier High School, and then it also shows uh, uh, in the guys that continue to come back and continue to stay in touch with you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, it's just I don't really – I'm going to tell you how it is. I mean, they're not going to like it yep. a lot of times, but they're going to – they're going to know you care. You know Absolutely. I mean? They're, they're going to get mad. They're going to get mad, but the truth, you know, the truth is going to, um, it makes them work harder. That's for sure. Yeah. And then, and then following, yeah, it does. It does. It pushes them. It'll, it's a motivator. And then, you know, I think to, you know, taking it the next step is, you know, you follow up maybe that, that tough, honest feedback with the coaching, the support, yeah. uh, what they need to, to build them back up. And, and, and uh, um, you know, I think that's, I think something that's forgotten uh, quite quite a bit is it's easy to tell somebody when they miss the mark. Uh, it takes a, a heck of a leader to you know hold them accountable to when a standard's not met, and then provide the the coaching and the leadership to help them grow and help them meet that standard. Yeah, it's uh, no, I agree, and and uh, 
and they know that I could, they, they know that they could call me at three o'clock in the morning if yep. there's a problem and I'll talk, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Whether that's a kid that graduated 10 years ago or, you know? Yep. Yep. So, that doesn't happen on accident. Uh, you're doing, you're doing something right over there, my friend. <laughs> um, it's in conversations with a lot of, you know, teachers and coaches, I find that our, our natural instinct takes us to, you know, the 85 or the 90% of students or athletes who are struggling. And, and, and you touched on it earlier, you know, um, uh, the kid's not doing this, the kid's too tied into, you know, his or her phone. Um, and I feel like the, the, the 10 to 15%, those exceptional leaders at the high school level are forgotten about what, yeah. um, give me an example of, uh, of tremendous leadership you've recently witnessed by one of your athletes, you know, again, talking about that 10%, talking about that, that 17, 16 year old that you can look at now and be like, Holy crap, this kid is going to go on and do something exceptional. Tell, tell us a little bit about that athlete, Mike. Um, yeah, you're right with that. I saw something on, uh, with Nick Saban. He says, you always spend 90% of your time with the, with the other kids and the, and the kids that are that are your best guys. You don't, you, you just assume that they don't need any, you know, yep. they don't need any loving, you know what I mean? And that's the, the kids that, cause they don't need to be micromanaged, you know, yep. Yep. Um, which is hundred percent true. I mean, I think for the first time in, I can't, in 25 years, I didn't have any captains this year for my team. Oh, wow. And it wasn't because of, it was a new thing I tried, a new thing that I tried to do where everybody's got a piece of the pie. Yep. Um, so maybe I was thinking I could develop leaders through, you know, maybe the guys, instead of giving them a title, they could still do it without, you know what I mean? Yep. About that thing but I think I, on my team this year I had I mean it's hard to point it, it's hard to point one person out but I think uh you know one of the guys that that comes to mind is he wasn't my all-star I mean everybody's a great athlete I mean everybody on my team that that I mean I'm not they all have leadership qualities but yep. one of the guys that points out and really isn't the star was like Ryan Miner who was yep. One of my, I mean, you probably know him. Um, yeah, played football uh, for four years. He was one of the captains on football, um, and he was the, uh, you know, he was like the guy that he kind of, he kind of, he's a, he's like positive, you know, all the time. He's uh, he doesn't go out and like he doesn't go out and start yelling and screaming. But he's one of the guys that if he's not there at practice, what do they say? Where's Ryan? You know yep. what I mean? Yeah. So you kind of know that's how I kind of gauge, like, you know, hey, if they're noticing that this kid's not here, then he must be doing something right. Yeah. Like he might do it in places I don't see, but he seems to get the respect and the acknowledgement of all the kids that are on the team. So I would say that that kid's definitely when he's going to go play football at Ithaca next year, they're getting a pretty good dude, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, um, I don't know him as much as my, as you and my, my brother, Greg, who coaches him in football, know, yeah. know him, but uh, I've heard nothing but great things about the kid and my limited interactions. It is that I get that same impression that, yeah. you know, whatever this kid's going to go on to do, he's going to do it pretty damn well. Yeah. He's going to be good. Yep. Absolutely. That's uh that's awesome. And I, 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 I do truly think that, you know, obviously you can't forget about any fraction of your team or your classroom, but um, you know, I think 
you know, highlighting those, those athletes or students who are doing it right sometimes gets lost in the shuffle. So hearing about Ryan as an example is, is great, Mike. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Um, so you, you've been coaching for, you know, roughly 25 years. Looking back on when you started to who you currently are as a coach, what's been the, the biggest change in you as a leader? And what's been the, the, the key consistency with you as a leader since, you know, Mike Cunningham with a full head of hair back in <laughs> 1994 or whatever it was versus no break, Mike Cunningham no break, right now. <laughs> it's really funny because uh, when when right now, like I have kids I coach that are that are new coaches and they're coaching yep. for the first time, and and they go out there and and you and you try to tell them that hey, it's not the way that they knew me now you know, I make it look kind of easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because I've had 20 years, it's still not easy, but it looks easier than it, than it seems to them. And then they'll come back to me and I'll just be like, okay. And they'll come back to me a year, like the, after the season's over to be like, Oh my God, I did not <laughs> know how, how freaking hard this was. <laughs> um, I, I think the biggest, the biggest difference and people have asked me this question before between the young first, it's a couple year coach and now is I thought when I first got into coaching that if I knew all the moves and I did know technique very well and yep. knew how to wrestle and you know I went to Springfield wrestled at the highest level um I thought you know what we're gonna win you know what I mean and then you go out there and you teach them all the moves and you're not winning so you're like what the heck's going on and I think <laughs> one of the one of the best things that I one of my qualities like that I didn't mention that I think is my strength is I'm not afraid. I don't have an ego. So I'm not afraid to walk up to a guy that's winning and be like, how do you do How are you doing it? Yeah. So one of the guys, he doesn't even know. And he's passed away since uh, there besides my dad, who is one of the people, but one of the coaches around here that was winning all the time was Jim day. Okay. He was uh, the coach at Berlin high. And so we'd wrestle against them in the old Northwest conference when I was at Rocky Hill. And then yep. I wrestled them when I was at Xavier. And, uh, and, and I used to see him, I go to his practice and I'd be like, how does he get these kids that are not, they're terrible athletes to win championships? You know what I mean? Like, how is that happening? So I just, I just observed him and talked to him and got knowledge from him. And, and then as it started going on through the, the early 2000s and mid 2000s, I said, no, granted you need talent too, you know, but, but you, but one of the things is, you know, I went from thinking it's 90% technical, 10%, you know, mental to it's 90% mental and, and it's 90%, 80 to 90% culture yep. and, and mental. And it's 20% skill. Yep. Like, like knowing the moves, yep. like you just, I spend literally from the day the season ends to, you know, I do technique like stuff like that, but not from the data season ends to the data season starts. I read 25 books on leadership, on developing culture, on sustaining culture. You know what I mean? Like the big key word these days, culture, which I'm sure you've heard a million times. Yeah, once or twice. <laughs> yeah. So that's the big thing. But how do you sustain it? How do you, you know, once you develop it and you got it, sustaining it, I think is harder than actually getting it. Absolutely. That's the difference. Like I thought it, it was all about technique when it's just, you know what it is? It's, it's just about people. Yeah. I mean, that's the reality. 
That's a tremendous answer, Mike. And we're going to uh, move to some uh, quick hitter, rapid fire answers. And I'm going to go off the script right here a little bit, which I've, I've been doing and you've been staying on your toes quite well. So great job. Um, <laughs> you mentioned the word culture. If you had to define the culture of the 2019-2020 Xavier High School wrestling team in one word, what's that one word? I have a phrase. I don't have a word. If that's oh, right. you're cheating. I'll give you the phrase. Is it under well, three? Is it under three words? Nah, it's like five. All right, leave, we'll, go with it. <laughs> leave, the place, leave the place better than you found it. Awesome. Awesome. Leave the place better than when you found it. Uh, that's in all parts of life. Childhood idol or role model and why? My father. I don't know. Like when he was coaching and in the years and, and, and I saw these people, you know, saying, you know, just how he got it done. Like he always taught me that a coach, uh, like you're an educator first, even if you're a coach. Yep. So you have to educate young men and, and help them grow into you know what i mean into being a man so he definitely is my uh my role model awesome uh your current leadership inspiration someone in in current society or 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 someone that you're you spend time with now that's an inspiration to you as a leader that's a good question (laughs) (laughs) um well uh, people i don't know like i always read books on you know like the classic belichick dabble sweeney you know what i mean like um nick saban and all that I think that one of the better, the best leaders that kind of, because he doesn't have an ego and you don't really know is your father. Like he, I look to him as a great leader. Awesome. Thank you. Home, so, yeah. I'll make sure I pass that along to him. Yeah. <laughs> he's probably home painting the basement. He's floor. the most unsung, he's the most unsung leader that, you know, because he doesn't, he doesn't want accolades. He doesn't want, you know? Yeah. So absolutely. And that's, you know, Looking back, and I would have the same answer you had about a childhood idol is absolutely yeah. my father. Um, That's what made me think of it, actually. Um, you know, almost like embarrassed by being like, being, being recognized, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, a book, movie, or television show that has recently had an impact on you? I'm actually reading this book right now. Uh, um, it's actually, I mean, I've read a million books, but uh, it's called... It, the name of it's called calling up. It's about leadership actually. Um, it's really good. Um, and movie wise, I mean, I'm, I don't really watch, I always watch reruns of everything, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hoosiers, you know, what I mean? <laughs> I've seen both of those 700 times. So. <laughs> exactly. Word for word. Right. <laughs> That's how you master something, right? Is, is oh, yeah. you, do, you do it enough times to become a master. <laughs> I can't wait to hear the answer to this one. Uh, a song or a musical artist that you listen to when you need to get fired up for something? Thunderstruck by ACDC. I, um, I was going to guess ACDC or some hair band. Yeah. It was either Dream, <laughs> on by, Dream On by Aerosmith or Thunderstruck by ACDC. There you go. I like it. I like it. Good answer. What is this next quote? I'm going to read you a quote from uh, Kobe Bryant. Obviously, you know, you know, tragic end to his life uh, a couple okay. months ago. Um, I'm going to read you a quote from him, and, and, and you know, in a in a sentence, tell me what the quote means to you. If you are afraid to fail, then you're probably going to fail. Just that mentally, um, when I think of that, I think about. <laughs> ironically, when I think about that, I think about golf. I mean, I think about when I first started coaching golf, like you said before, 
I don't mean to get off on a tangent here, but like, how do you go from wrestling to golf? Realistically, it's not any, not that much different. Yeah. Because when a kid hits the ball in the bunker in the sand, the number one reaction is he's not, he, he's like, it's negative. Yeah. So when you said, if you think you're going to fail, that's what I say to the kid. Like, if you think you can't hit bunker shots, you can't hit them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And if you think you walk out there on the mat and, uh, I think what that means to me is focus on the process. And if you're doing the things right, then you won't be afraid to fail. You, you know, like yep. you're going to go out there and if you do your best and you know, you did your best then, then, uh, then you're going to be okay. Absolutely. And it, get, it gets into one of the phrases we throw around with a lot of the, the athletes that we work with is control the controllable. Yeah. You can control how you prepare for something, yep. how hard you work for something, the effort that you put in, how you care about teammates, the result is completely out of, out of our control. You know, yeah. it, it's, you might be on the mat against a guy that's just flat out better than you. Yeah. I agree. And you know, if you lose it's, I, I wouldn't consider it a failure if you put the best version of you forward as a wrestler or whatever sport you want to compare it to. So, no, uh, I mean, I just say go out and compete. If you do yep. that, I'm fine. I'm fine with it. What's next for Mike Cunningham as a leader? Keep getting better. I mean, I got to find more ways, uh, to find more ways to motivate and uh, inspire kids to be better every day. I mean, that's really my, I think it's like the Bill Belichick quote. They asked him, what do you think about winning six Super Bowl? I'm not a Patriots fan. Believe me. All right. Neither am I. I think about winning six, (laughs) but he's, he's one, you know? Oh yeah. He's, he's the best there is. What do you think about winning six titles? And he goes, I don't think about that stuff right now. When I'm done and I look back, then you know what I mean? I'll talk about it, but that's generally how I feel like, I, I'm gl- I'm so happy that these kids were successful this year, and literally the the next day, um, and I'll celebrate with them and I'll do whatever for the title. But the next day, I'm thinking, how are we gonna get better? You yep. know what I mean? How, yep. how are we gonna get better? As as Belichick once famously said, I believe it was, we're on to Cincinnati after after yeah, a yeah, tough yeah. loss. And I, exactly. I think that mindset is is you know learn from the past, celebrate the successes, learn from the failures, but what's next? Get ready for the next thing and be a little bit better next time around. And I think when I wake up one day and I don't think that, then I think I'm done. I appreciate you hopping on with us today, Mike. Thank you so much. I I wish you and the entire Cunningham family uh, health and safety during this tough time. Uh, Again, ladies and gentlemen, Mike Cunningham, teacher, head wrestling coach, and assistant golf coach, and tremendous leader uh, from Xavier High School here in Middletown. Thank you again, Mike. Thank you again for joining us today. Remember, great leadership looks, sounds, and feels different based on the leader and the situation. However, there is a common thread that connects all tremendous leaders. They are passionate about those that they lead, and they spend most of their time in their stretch zone not settling for that which is comfortable, because nothing exceptional was ever accomplished from comfort.